These guys know more than your favorite team's general manager. These are the Armchair Athletes, hosted by Taylor, Terrell, and Clayton. The best place to get your craving for all the top sports. Only on CMRU.ca. Buy students for you. How's it going, folks? Uh, episode 2, Season 3, Armchair Athletes. Big news in the sports world today. Uh, I'm Terrell. Clayton. Taylor. And Will. Woo. There was... Uh, some some big happenings in the NFL this week, but I think what we got to lead with is Clayton, the clairvoyant here, 4-0 on his NFL picks so yes. far. My man has not gotten a pick wrong. But he um, peaked at the script before the starting of the season. Yeah. That's one thing well, I forgot shit. to mention. You, you guys seen that picture taken of me before I seen the picks. It was posted on the Instagram underneath all my predictions. Yeah. The one of me getting out with a DeLorean. Yeah. If you guys if you guys haven't seen that yet, make sure you visit the Armchair Athletes Instagram. to <laughs> And the TikTok. That's and the true. TikTok. And the X. True. X? Yeah. Twitter, X. Twitter, whatever X. you want to call X. it. X. What else do we got? Spotify? Spotify. Apple Music. Apple. Spotify and Apple Music is huge. That's I'm new trying, from last I'm week. I'm going to try and get us on Amazon Music because real winners listen to Amazon Music. I think I, Tidal may be a good play. I don't know if Tidal. The Tidal I don't think podcast? it does. I don't think I do either. <laughs> I don't think so. Armchair Athletes Music coming soon, folks. Anyway, just keep, keep an eye out. We got a link tree in the bio of our Instagram for all that stuff. Um, rate it five stars. Please, Why we're not? begging you. Maybe we'll start a YouTube channel. Who first, knows? First of all, it is a five-star worthy podcast. I will say that. No it bias is. at all. The, so the audio is actually crisp. I was listening to the other day. I was like, wow, this sounds really good. Shout out, Will. Shout That's out, true. Will. I'm doing a whole lot back here. Producer Will. Yeah, That's sweating. For sure. So let's let's get rolling with the picks then. Yes, sir. So last week, made it 3-0 and when the 49ers defeated the Rams. That was my lock. Now, Monday Night Football. The Steelers beat the Browns 26-22. to That was my upset. And I'm 4-0. and And I mean my game of the week. It's a three-point game, too. My games of the week have been pretty good. Maybe I am already 6-0 if you count those. But I don't think we should count game of the weeks. Those are more subjective. Yeah, yeah, those usually end up not going. So, Although there's maybe, like, most week there's, like, one or two really good games. And a lot of the other ones are more, like, yeah, m- not, yeah, like, mediocre, I would say. There's very... I always find that the hardest one to pick. Yeah. The game of the week. Because there's sometimes where there's a weeks go by and you're like, there's not that many insane games going on. So you pretty much just watch your team. Kind of I was thinking this weekend. This weekend, I was going to say. Yeah. (laughs) So Um. I'll I'll get into my this week's picks. So this week I have the Cowboys over the Cardinals. I think that uh, the Cowboys offense is better than the Cardinals. I think that the Cowboys defense is better than the Cardinals. I expect... I expect a big game out of both the Cowboys' offense and defense. However, we do have a new, well, I don't know if it's breaking news. It was two hours ago, but it was Trayvon Diggs out with an ACL injury. Yes. So I think we'll get into that later on in the show. However, that doesn't really change my pick here. Still got the Cowboys over the Cardinals. Expect Micah Parsons to have another huge game for the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, I think he's got, he's going to have a huge game. My upset... Might be a bit controversial on this show. Got the Raiders over the Steelers here. The Raiders aren't really that big of underdogs, but they are still underdogs. So I went with them. Which is and honestly me and, surprising. Me and Terrell went, were talking about it the other day. The upsets this week. There was, yeah. There, there are two extremes. There's ones that are like minus one point or they're plus 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't too many in between that. And mm-hmm. the other one that I was debating, which Terrell will get into... I was debating picking the Falcons over the Lions, but ultimately I, I expect Detroit to bounce back this week yep. at, uh, at home too. 
and I think that the Lions will hand the Falcons their first loss of the season. Yeah, I think I think the Lions are a very good team. I think they actually have a shout of doing something I, this year. I agree, and we got we got to see them this weekend play the Seahawks. Yes. Barring any injuries, obviously. Yeah. Um, because I wood. find their offensive like their wide receiver room is not one of the best in the league, but. I'm on Ross St. Brown is just that good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as soon as Jamie, Jamie, Jameson Williams, Williams comes, comes back, back yeah. from suspension, obviously that'll help. But I'm on Ross like the focal point. I mean, they've got a potential breakout star as well in Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, more wide receiver room, I was thinking. Like, there's a lot that are like, you know, two yeah. stars, which I mean, I think when he, Williams comes back, maybe, but it's, it's interesting. And they seem. Like, Dan Campbell seems to scheme that offense really well, mm-hmm. considering. That's actually my game of the week as well, which I'll get into. Falcons-Lions, I guess I should not really get into it because we just kind of just did. But also yeah. on the other side of the ball, you got the Falcons. They've been pretty exciting so far. B. John mm-hmm. Robinson, I think, he's the favorite right now to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's been very good for them. Mm-hmm. And their running back room in general, we've talked about it on the show with Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson as Who well as the Joker. Who hasn't played at all yet this year. Yeah, their Patterson, back room is stacked. Yeah. Honestly, the Falcons are good. I yeah. just think they're a quarterback away from being great. I, I think the jury's still out there on Desmond yeah. Ritter. We'll, we'll see. Because their backup is Heineke, right? Yeah. Oh, you're right about that. I forgot. Yeah. Who's honestly not that bad. He's not bad at all. He, he always kind of gets thrown into a situation right at the end of the year the where unde- they're like, yeah, please win. We, he, the undefeated beast slayer. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> He, I think we said it last year that he somehow has like the power of God behind him, and whenever he gets pushed into a game, the mm-hmm. last year was the Commanders. They somehow always managed to win. Mm-hmm. He's got something going on for him. He's just he has that dog in him. I don't know what the, what the deal is, but he's yeah. got something going on. Yeah. I think this weekend, if the Falcons do win that game, which I think is possible, I think that could be a huge statement win for mm-hmm. Atlanta because mm-hmm. that South Division isn't overly tough, really either. No. It's not. So no. a three and zero. You have a very good chance already to be setting yourself up for playoffs. I mean, I mean, the top three teams in the NFC South right now are all two and zero. Yeah, the, that's true. The Panthers are zero and two. Yeah. Um, but but uh, yeah. the Saints and uh, I would say the, the Saints, Saints and, and Bucks Fal- haven't played no. tough. T- opponents, I'm not saying no. they're two and zero because they're a fantastic yeah. teams. They've <laughs> no. played. They've although played that South teams. is a little better than they've been in the past. Yeah. Or maybe not better, but closer. Like even like. Dare I say it? Baker Mayfield's look okay actually to start off the season. Um, that might be an interesting toss up between those three teams. Now that I think mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. but I honestly think the Saints will go through. I think their offense is just too dynamic, and they got a lot of good signings from the summer. Yeah, um, but well, I could see the Falcons as long as. I, <laughs> is it okay if I say that the Saints are good because they're a boring team? I was gonna kind of disagree because I don't know how much I trust Derek Carr to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I like Michael Thomas. I love Chris Olave. I mean, assuming Michael Thomas stays healthy. Uh, he's looked good so far. And he has looked very good so far. Same with Chris Olave. Yeah, Olave's looked good, but I just, they haven't, they are they haven't been exciting so no. far. So. I mean, their their schemes are exciting because they play Taysom Hill and quarterback a lot, which is interesting. And as a defense, I find that interesting how they never really, like, pick it up as quick as I think. They never pick it up. It's like I, like, watch him. I'm like, oh, he's going behind the thing. And he's going to scramble because... He's going to do that. What else is he going to do? Exactly. Like, he lined up, like, three plays out of, like, six at one point and ran it straight up the middle for a first down three times. And I was like, is it because they can't tell the difference between Derek Carr and Taysom Hill when they line up? Yep. Sometimes I can't. Uh, Until he runs. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm just like, 
maybe that's it? Or is it just like maybe he'll throw this time, so we're just going to like prevent? And it's I, like, I don't know. It's just you can never really think about it too hard with that sort of stuff because the chances of us being smarter than NFL defensive coordinators. Oh, oh yeah, I know. I'm not taking low. a dig. I'm not taking a dig. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just he's that good of an athlete, and the Saints offense is just that good. At he's a big boy, runs. too. Like yeah. He's a very strong guy. I think he's definitely one of the biggest Swiss Army knives in the league for sure, besides uh, Cor- Cordero's up there, those guys. But he's very interesting to watch because he comes mm-hmm. in you're just like, if he lines up behind scrimmage, it could be a flea flicker, or I guess so. That could also play into why the scramble yeah. worked so well because he yeah. can do so much. He's it. versatile. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't have to talk about how he cooked the Seahawks last year. That's, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I can quickly go over my picks from last week. Um, Eagles versus Vikings. That was a very good game. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest takeaway I had the Eagles defeating the Vikings, and obviously that happened. The biggest takeaway from that game, I think, was that that Vikings offense is like pretty legit, mm-hmm. specifically the passing game, but their running game is horrendous. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madison? He's not their guy. No. And I don't know. Cam Akers got dealt there, and I don't know how I feel about him either. I saw a tweet um, that was, was very good at the end of last season. That's what I'm yep. thinking. You just give him a shot because why not? 2026 yeah. sixth-round pick in exchange for uh, Cam Akers. So, so very low risk. Um, exactly. But I just I don't know if that's going to be the big move that they need that's yeah. going to make their rushing game that much better. No. But you're right. You know I think they kind of had to do something because Madison looked terrible. Obviously they what was it four forced fumbles and they didn't recover any of them against the Eagles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were just did not look good. Their rushing attack looked awful. But Kirk Cousins looked fantastic. Uh, four touchdowns I believe. He just looked great. He was making a lot of uh, good throws under pressure and kind of I think the biggest knock against Kirk Cousins that we've seen for the past little bit is that he doesn't take a lot of risks. And in that game, he definitely wasn't. Obviously, it panned out for him despite the loss. Um, then the other picks I had, I had the two same for underdogs and game of the week. I had uh, the Jags versus the Chiefs. Um, I had the Jags defeating the Chiefs, and obviously that didn't happen. Um, good that Chiefs too, defense, though. it was. That Chiefs defense is just legit, I think. Um I thought that the Jags' offense looked really good week one, and then they got shut down, obviously, by the Chiefs. So Chiefs looks like they're AFC contenders. That's pretty much all there is to it, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, this week, my lock, I'm picking them again. I have the Jaguars over the Texans, albeit I think that's a much less risky pick. Um, Texans haven't looked good, although C.J. Stroud has looked rather good, especially for how just bad of a situation he's in. Um, yeah, I have the Jaguars as a lock there. Underdogs, I have the Falcons over the Lions. I just... That Falcons rushing attack is just so good. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Lions offense is good as well, and they could tear the Falcons defense apart, and then it might not even be a game. But I don't know. It's just I love B. John Robinson. Uh, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch, and I love just watching that Falcons offense. I will say that I thought the Lions did a good job against Kenneth Walker this week. They mm-hmm. held him in check pretty well, like didn't get too many yards. Of course, Ken Walker did get the two touchdowns, but they were like goal line handoffs. So, yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, if it does come down to kind of Desmond Ritter having to throw the Falcons, uh, having to throw to keep the Falcons in the game, I think the Lions could win it. But if Bijan Robinson continues to look as talented uh, as he has the past couple weeks, I think there's definitely a shot that the Falcons can pull it out. And like we said, there just really weren't that many good picks for underdogs this week either. Uh, my game of the week, again, not a lot of good picks here, I don't think. I have Chargers versus Vikings just because I think that'll be too... Two teams that are hoping not to go uh, start the season off 0-2. Um, Chargers, the Vikings offense looked really good. Chargers passing defense does not look very good. Uh, I'm just excited for a high-scoring game, and I'm hoping uh, 
hoping the two teams there can pull through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that can that game can turn into a shootout pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and I think you're going to have two dis- desperate teams on both sides of the ball, like yes. you said. Um, I can go through my picks this week if you want. Will, did you do your picks? Have you, do you have picks? Yeah, I have picks. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, uh, so my game of the week, Steelers-Raiders. Couldn't really think of any other ones, but I think that's a very close matchup, so it could be an interesting one. Yeah. In that same breath, though, it could be a boring game where it's a lot of defense, not a lot of offense. But that's okay because last week's Bengals game, that game took forever to happen. It was an hour and a half before halftime. I was like, why is this taking so long? It was on to like 1030. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch the end because it was close. Yeah. And then it ended up being good. The end ended up being good. Yeah. But uh, I think it'll be a good close game, and that's kind of what I look for in game of the weeks. Not as much – like shootouts are good, but I think close – Tight games are always interesting as well. Yeah. Um, my upset, this one is interesting. And I'm thinking about it now, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I picked Rams over Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I, was I don't think uh, Joe's having a good year. I've seen a couple people saying, and like I watched a little bit of another podcast saying that he kind of rushed himself back into being healthy again. And they were saying that he should have taken more time in the offseason and maybe didn't play week one. They think that he's still got, like, a lingering injury. Um, not that that's all the reason why he's losing. Um, they're just not in sync yet. Of course, I think they'll still turn it around. There's still so much time left. Um, so, but the Rams have actually looked okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't look unbelievable last week, but they were still pretty decent. To, um, to keep a game close against the 49ers, who are probably w- up with the Eagles as one top of the top two teams in the yeah, NFC. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, with the team you have lining up, like that Puka Nachua guy is nuts. Like yep. 17 receptions for like yeah. 170 yards. We, <laughs> we're going to have to start a dialogue that uh, Cooper Cup's a, he's a scheme merchant out there in <laughs> Los Angeles. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I hope he comes back and is good because he's on my fantasy. But um, <laughs> um, but Matt Stafford, you, more kind of along that same topic, Matt Stafford tends to use his wide receiver ones a lot. Yep. Whether he threw 58 passes last week. Yeah. That's he's lot. been slinging it. Pooker. He doesn't do much. All, well, especially with the way that their, their running back room has kind of been recently. Um, he kind of has to throw the ball a lot. So, I mean, yeah. it makes for more exciting. I, I like passing much more than running. I yeah, running same much more boring but so it is kind of interesting when you watch a team that's their focus or a lot of other teams because there's so many stud running backs in the nfl a lot of people go for the run right away um but yeah that's my upset just because i think i don't know it, it could happen i that was one that i looked at and i was like that could happen so i thought about it um and my lock is cowboys over cardinals because cowboys i think are in that echelon of san francisco and eagles right yep. now um i think <laughs> offensively they could still do more, but their defense is second to none. So I think, um, um, what's his name? Uh, Dobbs is going to have a tough time, yeah. I think, um, especially with the way that team is going and trending towards. Although yeah. they haven't played as bad as they should have considering their situation, I think um, I think that defense has kind of a field day. So I think even though they don't have digs, I think their front line is just too good. I think that's their best part of their defense for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think that's even if you have a couple injuries in the in the in the safeties in the corners, as long as you don't get too banged up at the front, it's just ridiculous how much they can make like a offense like p- 
panic, really. Like, it's insane when you watch, like, Michael Parsons come off the edge, the quarterback just, like, starts, like, oh, no, and then, like, it's just over. So I think that's just kind of a lock. Plus, you're you're against Zach Wilson, who's kind of in oh-no mode all the time. <laughs> so having, yeah, that's having true. Micah Parsons. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Micah Parsons, I had, uh, like I said, I had Miles Garrett as my Defensive Player of the Year candidate, but Micah Parsons and T.J. Watt are definitely both up there. Yeah, I think T.J. Watt after the last game, not just trying to be a Steelers fan. He caused a lot of havoc for Deshaun Watson. I can do it for you. I'm not a Steelers fan. T.J. Watt is definitely up there. Yeah, exactly. Like he is. He's legit. He's been legit for a while. Yes. Um, I got an interesting question for you guys. Do you think he'll ever be better? Do you think he's better than J.J. or will be better than J.J.? Uh, Prime J.J. Watt was like an MVP candidate at defensive end. Uh, But you could say T.J. could be up there. I there's a couple years where he looked ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. he's already it's, got the most sacks in Steelers history, and he's only played for five years. Yeah, I was gonna say that's it's definitely that's bonkers. possible. He's 28. It's possible. I just don't like Prime JJ Watt was probably one of the best defensive players we've mm-hmm. ever seen, mm-hmm. and TJ Watt definitely could get up there. Mm-hmm. It's just so hard to do. Yeah, MV, the MVP or MVP close to MVP season that JJ Watt had, he was catching tight end or catching touchdowns at tight end as well. Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> That's true. So he's just like a different level of athlete. I think they're two very different players. They're very different. Both different size. But different. in terms in terms of production, I think that TJ definitely could get up there with JJ. To be already leading the Steelers history and sat with all the great defensive players the Steelers have had mm-hmm. over the years. That's pretty nuts to me to think. I saw that stat and I was like, How? He's only yeah. like twenty eight. Like he's not played and he was injured last year for the bulk yes. of it. So yeah. like to have like all ninety sacks almost already, that's I mean that's my, like, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to say that. Like that's that's, that's yes. warranting a chance at being as good at or better than your brother and one of the best defensive players in Steelers history, if not the best. Which they've had a lot of very good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hot take from Stay Hot here or Stay Hot Jesus, uh, <laughs> Armchair Athletes, another sports podcast I listen to. Um, a lot of sacks better than not having a lot of sacks. That's what we're learning here with T.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, do you want to get into your picks here? Yeah, sure. I'll just talk about my last week's picks. We kind of talked about all these games already, mm-hmm. but I completely forgot about. I had Bengals Ravens game of the week. I don't know. I didn't really get into it. I think it was on red zone, so I just or it was on in the morning, so I just switched to red zone. I mean, the end was nice, but I don't know. Wasn't feeling the middle of it. It was just felt really. Slow I feel for like me. Baltimore's in that same realm as uh, New Orleans right now. Very boring. Yeah, to watch. But uh, if you have Lamar, you're automatically more exciting than a lot of other. Yeah, teams, but so. even still, like so far this year, I feel like Lamar. Yeah, he's played better in week two, but he's just not yeah. looked as much like Lamar looks. It's felt much more slow than Lamar yeah. In the past. I was like, whoa, this just doesn't feel like as electric. You watch. wonder though if the injury has pl- part in that a little too. bit. There's also it's a starting of the season. Yeah, you know, we say that with everybody. You can't, you can't read into it too much. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think he'll definitely be good. I hope he is because. Another guy in my fantasy, but my lock last week was Niners over Rams, which honestly it was an entertaining game. Mm-hmm. The Rams stayed a lot closer than I really thought it was mm-hmm. going to be. I thought it was going to be a blue a blowout, but yeah. you know, their offense just looks good right now, mm-hmm. despite not having Cooper Cup. And then my upset was Seahawks over Lions. That was another fun game to watch. We're but very happy that that hit. It's true. That was that was almost that was almost heartbreaking. I will say that Tyler Lockett is my goat. Uh, <laughs> I love that man. Uh, this week, my game of the week is Chargers versus Vikings. Again, I'm looking for a shootout. Just a lot of high-scoring offenses um, and teams that don't want to be 0 three. 
Uh, my lock is Dolphins over Broncos. That was Not, another one for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my upset of the week last week, Commanders over Broncos. And it happened. Yeah. Just barely. But just barely. Wow. That was, that that was, was another range. one of those yeah. games that was just really, really boring to watch. But one of my friends is a Broncos minutes. fan, and he puts it on our TV at home all the time. And I'm like, dude, can we watch any other team? I find <laughs> them so boring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my upset this week, Rams over Bengals as well. I just I don't think the Bengals have it in them there right now. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention before we kind of get on to some of our other points here, just as another good game to watch this week, not particularly a game of the week, but just something that could be interesting, is we have uh, Colts-Ravens, and you're just watching Anthony Richardson and Lamar Jackson, who are two of the most athletic quarterbacks I is think Anthony we've ever Richardson seen. Anthony Richardson playing? He might be That is true. He wasn't concussion protocol. protocol. Week, yeah. So if that if he isn't in for this game, then yeah, I probably wouldn't. Garner Minshew, that. though. Looked Minshew, okay. Minshew mania. Looked okay, actually. I was surprised. I watched the, After he got injured, I watched for a couple minutes while the other game was in halftime, and I was like, didn't look too too terrible. I think he had a touchdown or two touchdowns even. And yeah. Anyways, it doesn't matter. He didn't look too bad. And uh, yeah, he's kind of a cult hero of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another cult hero. I think Andy Dalton is starting for the Panthers this weekend. Yes, against the Seattle so, Seahawks. Is Bryce Young injured or just sat? He's injured. Yeah. Oh, was it practice or did he get injured in the game? I didn't. I'm I not entirely sure. I oh, just I seen, turned it off in the second half because I watched the Steelers. Uh, so I didn't um, watch it. I just, just seen today that the Andy Dalton's going to be starting for the Panthers, and I have the point down right here. Seahawks will be honoring the Super Bowl winning team this weekend, Super Bowl 48 winning team. And if they lose to Andy Dalton and the Panthers in front of that team, I swear to God, it won't be good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, that is true. I think it was the last time... Anthony or Andy Dalton was on the Saints last year, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And that was the he kind of put oh, up some numbers against right. the Seahawks. So I'm a little bit concerned. That although, was also the Taysom Hill game. Yes. So I'm a little bit concerned. However, Chris Olave was on that Saints offense, and Chris Olave is not on the Panthers offense. So that was also a game Chris Olave got hurt. Yes. Um, yeah. I was just I saw that and I was like oh, I don't know about that. I'm reading right now that Anthony Richardson has missed back-to-back practices for the Colts. So mm. not looking, looking great. Uh, that kind of if if we're looking for good games to watch, that might eliminate the Ravens Colts yeah. game. But yeah, um, do we want to continue on the Seahawks road here? Briefly talk about that game against the Lions. I think so. Very exciting game. I thought they were gonna lose it once they blew that ten point lead, but ultimately the coin flip went the Seahawks way. They got Drew the ball, Locke. went down, and scored a touchdown. Even even just on the bench, Drew Locke's making clutch plays, picking tails for the Seahawks. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, that was a very exciting game. Uh, would actually, because they had a very exciting game last year, too. That was the Scorigami yes. yeah. win for Seattle. And I believe they put up, like, close to 100 points in that Combined, game. Combined, yeah. So, I mean, it's and it's very possible that we see those two teams play in the playoffs. And the scenario would be the, if the Lions win their division and then let's say Seattle is the top wildcard team those two teams would meet up mm-hmm. so I think I'd love to see that matchup in the playoffs I might have a heart attack during it but yep. I think that's because it'd be a very exciting matchup for sure they've given us a lot of a lot of good games the one that always comes back to my mind is that uh, NFC wildcard game 
Yes. And that catch that I think it was Paul Richardson had in the end zone, that yeah. catch is forever like engraved into my brain. That was one of my the best catches I think I've ever seen live. It w- I don't care if it was a face mask. The rule of cool comes into play <laughs> there. It was a good play, so it yeah. shouldn't get called back. Um, yeah, I mean, the Lions and Seahawks, they've just, yeah, every every last few meetings they've had, uh, they've very, very fun games to watch, just two very good offenses and not-so-great defenses, and it's ended up in uh, good high-scoring games. Um, Where do we want to move to from here? I think we probably should cover some of the injury stuff that's happened because there have been a few very large uh, big news in the injury world. Nick Chubb, I think, is the biggest one to happen. Yeah. That was just – that was a horrific play. Oh, that was gruesome. That was um, – I wished I didn't see that online. Yes, yeah, that, that was, was pretty nasty. It was not it was As not soon a good as they watch. said, oh, we're not going to show this on TV, I was like, ah, it's probably pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, and that was – I think that was the same knee that he uh, messed up in college yeah. as well. Um, so that was just really, really terrible stuff there. It was – I think just confirmed just everything in the knee is not good. I would assume it's just an ACL tear and kind of whatever it else. said ACL, PCL, just whatever. All, all the, the, all the L's. Every single one. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously terrible news for the Cleveland Browns there. Uh, and if we want to kind of continue on terrible news for the Cleveland Browns, that fan base, man, they deserve something better. That team has been terrible for so long, and it finally looked like they were starting to get over the hump with, you know, beating the Bengals yeah. week one. Uh, that defense looked fantastic. Um, again, the rushing rushing offense, but with led by Nick Chubb, looked very very good. Um, huge divisional win week one, and then obviously you lose your, well, I think, arguably top one running back in the league in Nick Chubb, uh, and it's definitely a season en- ending injury, and it potentially could be a career ending one. Um, yeah, I just I feel bad for that for that fan base i don't feel bad for the franchise itself they've dug their own hole here with that deshaun watson contract which is the most guaranteed money we've ever seen given out to any player uh and they kept kicking the can down the road giving more void years and extending it the cap hit next year i think is it's over 50 million dollars just on deshaun watson alone so and i think his contract's five years i had i'd have to look at the the actual contract details online but it is just horrific especially with how badly he's played i don't know if there is like a worse taking into account everything how he's played off the field stuff uh the contract i don't know if there is anyone you'd want less to be your quarterback than deshaun watson right now just a combination of everything that's happened with him he's looked terrible costs a lot of money and just a lot of baggage getting him on your team so i don't know man cleveland browns it's just a just a cursed cursed franchise yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. So their new logo looks cool, though. <laughs> the <They're, elf>? Those those <laughs> uniforms they wore last week, oh, those are cold. Those Is it the elf? No. Yeah. Uh, oh, the oh, dog. Yeah. Yeah. Grab the elf okay. too. The jerseys they wore with the white helmet with the orange stripe down the middle. That might be my hot take because I feel like all white like white uniforms like that are starting to get a little bit played out. We've seen it happen a lot. Even yeah. with the white helmet, full white helmet though. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was cool. I, 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 I don't I think it looks bad. Seeing it, I like it. Mm-hmm. I does I don't think it's not that it looks bad. I just think we're starting to see more and more of it. Okay, mm-hmm. so I have the contract pulled up here. Like I think one of the sorry, just you know, yeah, quickly. That Bengals white and black. Yeah, it's so, that's one again, of the best so uniforms. That's it's one just, of the best uniforms of all time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. I can understand where you're coming from. Is there is a lot more teams doing it, but when it's done right, it, I think it still looks cool. Okay, so Deshaun Watson, his salary cap hit this year is. Uh, nineteen million fifty thousand dollars. What do you think it jumps up to 
next year? Fifty-four. Do you have a Do you have an opinion? Just a guess. I don't even want to throw know. a guess. Throw a number out there. Will do you have anything? It goes up to sixty-four million dollars. Oh my. <laughs> $64 million for Deshaun Watson. Who, who crunched the numbers on that one? Nobody. I that, need to know. That, that contract the GM's kid was bored at home, is so he's like, here, buddy. And the worst part is you can't even place the blame on <laughs> on Deshaun Watson because if you're the front office and you're like, yeah, Deshaun stinks. We shouldn't have signed him. You look like the biggest idiots on earth for signing him, trading away all those picks, signing him, even with all the off-the-field stuff. To give up that much money for a guy who's been, I think he's bottom of the league alongside like Zach Wilson and Justin Fields in most offensive metrics, and you're paying him sixty million dollars. Yeah, next no matter season? what, even if there was no such thing as off off field stuff. If it was based, happened. yes, strictly off of his on the field performance, yeah. it's still by far the worst contract in the NFL. I mean, maybe if it was Houston Watson when he was. If really he was, good. yeah. If he was, if it was 2019 and you're getting MVP candidate Watson, then. Yeah, by all means, you know, dish out $64 million because chances are you're going to be a Super Bowl contending team at the very least, especially if Nick Chubb would have been healthy. Um, but, yeah, $230 million guaranteed at signing. Uh, his dead cap hit next <laughs> His dead cap hit, if they were to cut him, is $220 million right now. Oh, so boy. it's not like you can even just it's get him like off the cut team. Him. Yeah, he can. has to be on the roster, and I would say that you can't even really – I would – if he if salary cap wasn't a thing, they probably would already be starting uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson behind him. But to take out your sixty million dollar quarterback and put in a rookie, you're essentially admitting defeat and saying that we screwed up on this contract. And if yeah, I think they're not in panic mode yet. I think they're probably thinking, oh, it's only week three. We'll give him a couple more weeks. Yeah, but with the Thompson way he's Robinson looked, looks good though. Too. Dorian Thompson Robinson did look very good in the preseason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just the way that Deshaun's looked end of last season, start of this season, you could even say that week one's a wash just because it was such poor weather. He still didn't look good last week, and it's just, just a. <laughs> just a terrible contract. There's not even really anything else to say there. I think that was just a huge mistake for the Cleveland Browns, and it's really going to haunt them for the next four seasons because that salary cap hit of $64 million goes all the way through until the contract is over. So when it actually, that's not even, it goes until 2026 when he is 31 years old. Um, yeah, that's just just a terrible, terrible contract for them. I don't even know if there's anything else to say really. What else do we want to get into here? Well, I mean, the Browns signed Kareem Hunt. That is true. Back. Yeah. I don't think he's the uh, RB1, though. No, I think Ford uh-huh. holds that still. But, yeah, he just needs some depth with that Nick Chubb injury. It'll be interesting, though, because Kareem Hunt was good. And he I think was. But we'll see. But running back who hasn't played in a little bit, and I think he's getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. But, again, he's 28, so I guess he's not, like, crazy old or anything no but, but for running backs you're kind of starting to see the the decline once you approach 30 mm-hmm. so yeah i think like i said ford is going to be the number one guy there i think we'll move on to talk about the steelers taylor of course mm-hmm. if you want to take it away on that oh not really um <laughs> i like we already talked about it our defense i i honestly think if we keep playing defense like that we're we've got to shout um the other side of the ball, the but offense. offensively has <laughs> not been not been good. Um, um, George Pickens looked good, I will say. Yep. I don't um, know how Matt Canada hasn't been fired yet. Yeah, it's I'm not honestly too sure. a miracle. 
And I mean, Najee Harris is the worst and running back in NFL history. Um, so I, he's so bad. He's yeah. so bad. I'm sorry. I've tried to be nice. I gave him chances. Yeah. He's so bad. Um, I think TJ Warren or TJ Warren. No, not Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren. Um, I think he should be the guy. He, I, I swear, I was watching the game the other day. The only positive runs were him. He'd come in for like the third down, and they like toss it outside, and you get a fifteen-yard run. Yeah. And then he goes sit for eighteen plays, and then he come back at eighteen-yard run, and then he goes sit down again. Meanwhile, Najee Harris is just running up the middle, no juke, no nothing, tripping over his own offensive lineman and falling for a one-yard gain or a negative three-yard gain. It's just like, I don't know why, because Najee Harris has like the. He has, like, the build. He seems like that type of guy that would be good, and he just yeah. isn't. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. The, the offense has got to – needs a lot of work because our defense is, was great, but our defense won the game last game. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't even close. We had two defensive touchdowns, one in the last three minutes of the game that won us the game. Mm-hmm. Like, we have – we can't win on defense. It's not basketball. Yeah. The, the reason that I wanted to specifically talk about the Steelers' offenses, I didn't realize, like, I knew it was bad. I didn't realize how bad it was. So I saw a video, and I one of the, the first thing we could, I guess we could make this a little game here if we really wanted to. Just the average ranks under, under Matt Canada, the, who's the Steelers' offensive coordinator, since he joined the team. If you guys want to hazard a guess as to where they rank. Last. Uh, among all 32. I'm going to go through a list of things here. You, you took my guess, Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say, so starting off, passing yards per attempt out of 32 teams. I would say 27th. Yeah, I'll, I'll say they're not last. I'll, I'll go 28. 25? 29th. Rushing yards per attempt. Oh, 32. that's got to be 32. <laughs> yeah. 27th. What? Oh. Who's oh. worse than that? Najee Harris. I'll have, to, I'll have to go through and uh, check. I guess, I guess Jalen Warren's really pulling off his socks. Uh, offensive yards per play. 25th. 27th. 24? 31st. Okay. No way. Oh Total points scored. Oh, that's low. That's like 30. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. 31. 29th? 300-yard passing games? Zero. Zero. Yeah. One? <laughs> Zero? They're 32nd, so. Zero. And then 400-yard offense games. Total offense. That's that's 30. That's last. Yeah. Yes, dead last. So that Steelers offense is just pretty much. Is that been, just from gla- how that's long been, ago? That's been since they hired Matt Canada. Which was last year, was it not? Or year uh, before? Maybe? I'm not sure. So that's like over multiple seasons. Yeah. Oh. Think about it. We had 42 year old Ben Roethlisberger that couldn't move. So I'm going to nullify a little bit of that because it's tough. We have had Najee Harris for what, three years? So that's three years of terrible rushing. Um, uh, January 15th, 2020 is when. Oh, he was hired as their quarterback. When did he join as the offensive coordinator? Come on, Google. Um, anyway, I'm not trying to make it sound like any worse than it isn't already, but I think there's a few players in the team that we had that doesn't help. Promoted to offensive coordinator in 2021. So, yeah, you've had a couple seasons of this. A couple this. seasons. So we had the end of Roethlisberger's career, which was tough because mm-hmm. he was old. Um, and then, like I said, Najee Harris, brutally terrible. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster was there for one year, I guess, but again, wasn't like the star. Um, and then we had a whole bunch of other like rookies around him because Deontay Johnson was only in like his first or second year, I think. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It, it's tough. It's not good. 
I think we need a new offensive coordinator too. But. So the teams behind Pittsburgh, um, oh, well, I can't even select multiple seasons. But right now, the teams behind Pittsburgh are L.A., Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Las Vegas, and Houston. So that's who are behind the Steelers in rushing yards per attempt. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I could understand the Rams because mm-hmm. Stafford threw it 58 times or whatever it was. Josh Jacobs has not been good for the Raiders. So. No. But I think he, I think the Raiders will jump. Yeah, I think he'll pick right. it up. I think the Raiders will jump the Steelers too. And then maybe the funnier the chart that I saw was just passing and rushing efficiency, and maybe we could have this uploaded on the Instagram or something because it's a pretty funny visual when you look at it because all the teams <laughs> are clumped up in the top yeah, right. Yeah, I saw that. And they have to extend the graph down way to the bottom left to incorporate the Steelers oh, in the graphic. Um, all the teams are kind of in like the close to average or above average. And the Steelers are just off in their own world. It's pretty. It's a pretty funny looking graph. Although I must say, Mike Tomlin has never gone below 500. Which I think is pretty much at this point solely because of the defense. And but that's still insane to think. No, it about. is. It is to never have a losing season as a <laughs> with as a, a team coach. that yeah. has no legs, no arms apparently. Yeah. Um, on offense. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty insane to think about. We win a lot of close games though. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a Steelers game in a long time where they've just blown the socks off somebody. It's been a lot of very close games. Do um, we? I, I think we've talked about our teams. Will, I think we should bring up the Patriots. Another close game this week. I thought they were going to pull it off. Literally came within inches of extending the game, but ultimately was stopped short. Cole Strange, tight end one, baby. Dude. Oh, I. The Patriots are the best team in the league at getting my heart rate up <laughs> and then just killing it so quickly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Something about first-half games for the Patriots. Uh, we always suck in the first half, at least through two games. This season, suck in the first half. Mac Jones kind of wakes up in the third, has one good drive to give us hope or, like, get us a score, you know, kind of get us closer to a win. Yeah. And then it's a three and out. Like, it's just so frustrating to watch. Because he gives you hope and then breaks it down and then gives you more hope and then the game is close at the end. But holy, that was close at the end. Yeah. Yeah. The one I want to say that uh, Mac Jones so far has looked a lot better than I thought he would. Oh, yeah. It's just that they they don't really have a lot of good receiving options for him. And I don't think Matt Patricia is the offensive coordinator. That, that also helps. Bill O'Brien <laughs> this year. Yeah. That also helps. Yeah, that helps a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, I think what kind of hurt us this game was Demario Douglas – Fumbled the ball, like, first quarter, Mm -hmm. and then got put into Bill's doghouse when he's, like, one of our best receiving options. Yeah. And then, so, I don't know. We kind of spread the wealth more about this game. I mean, Juju saw some targets. Devontae Parker saw the ball a lot. But I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Hunter Henry's been nice this year. Yeah, he's been very very good. Underrated tight end. I like him. Picked him up in fantasy. Played pretty well for me this week, so. Yeah, I like him. He's very good. There's a lot of good tight ends this year, though. There is. I feel like last... There's very few teams that don't have a good tight end. I feel like last year and previous years, it's been, dare I say, a one- or two-man show in the NFL. Even Mark Andrews hasn't looked as... No, Mar- Mark Andrews, I don't think, has been that spectacular either. But I was There's just say. been a lot of very good, younger tight ends that have done a yeah. good job. So, I, need, I will say I needed two points out of Pat Fryermuth. To win my league, uh, <laughs> he doesn't see the ball much. He's a block, yeah, he, blocker. Yeah, he got one one target this week, so that was great yeah. for me. Uh, it was like a four yard dump down too. I yeah. think. 
One of the other get. one of the other players I wanted to bring up specifically in this uh, Dolphins Patriots game is Christian Gonzalez because he looked very very good, especially against Dog. that Dolphins offense. Yeah. He looked fantastic out there, man. I don't know if it's just because like any corner that the Patriots draft always ends up being great. If it's just Bill Belichick being a wizard, I don't know. But he has the talent. I think. Who's their defensive coordinator? Well, I think it doesn't Bill call the plays. They don't have one. It's just Bill. Yeah, I was going to say, okay. Um, But, yeah, Christian Gonzalez just looked fantastic. I think he was one of the highest-rated corners by PFF. I think he was the the highest. Okay, yeah. Yeah. He just, yeah, he looked incredible out there. that, That gave me so much hope. Like, we needed to get more weapons for the offense this draft, but... I don't know. I'm ha- I'm happy with that guy. He's yeah. good. I think we'll uh, well the last p- part of the NFL segment here. We got to talk about the Chicago Bears and how disappointing and I-, I guess more so terrible how bad they've been. And so I put it on here, and I think there's a real shot. Even though I think the Cardinals would be the favorite at this point for Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. especially with their loss this past week to the Giants. But the Bears have now lost ten straight games going back to last season. There's a shot, like, if they get the first overall pick this year, and I think we're maybe jumping the gun on this discussion, but do they take Caleb Williams and say bye-bye to Justin Fields, trade him? I think it's not... First of all, I think we talked about this last week, where if you're a team that's horrible, it's never too early to start talking about the draft process. Yeah. Um, and I think, like we said with the Cardinals, there's a chance of that happening. I think with the Bears, if they get that number one overall pick, there's a much higher chance of them taking Caleb Williams. Really? See, I, I would have put the higher chance on the Cardinals. For you think so? That. I think you've seen Kyler and know that he is a capable NFL quarterback. That's Whereas fair. with Justin Fields, he hasn't really shown yet. He's had flashes, and who knows, maybe it's, again, week two. Yeah. But maybe by the end of the season, he'll be, like, wonderful, and he'll be even just, like, a top-half quarterback, and that would be a fantastic uh, progression for him. But I think if Justin Fields continues to look terrible and the Bears do get that number one overall pick, I could understand the rationale of saying, um, screw it, trade out a number one overall pick and just see, again, what kind of stupid haul you can get for that pick. But at the same time, having the number one overall pick in a draft class that's this good with this high tier of a prospect doesn't happen very often. No. Uh, so I think like with the Panthers uh this draft they said screw it we're trading and we're picking our guy at number 1 I think the Bears would probably do the same thing and it would be even more of a slam dunk with Caleb Williams so I think if the Bears continue to look this terrible if Justin Fields doesn't improve I think yeah the experiment's pretty much over you see if anyone will just trade a late round pick for him and you say screw it we're taking Caleb Williams and moving on so yeah. for you if you're you're imagining Justin Fields being a good quarterback. Does that mean he's just more confident in running the ball like he was last year? Or is he a combination quarterback? He can throw it now and know when to run the ball. I think the improvement for me, I you know he's a fantastic athlete. Yeah. We already know that. We saw it last year. The improvement has to be being better in the pocket, um, just not being so like panicky back there. His pocket presence just is horrific and uh, just being more accurate across the field essentially just really be an actual a, quarterback not a running say, back being a better quarterback really is what it is he's basically right now just the running back that doesn't yeah. throw the ball yeah. well, i mean they brought in dj Moore, right That's that, why was, was, that was their supposed issue last year not having a receiver no weapons, for him yeah. but that was what i was going to say was yeah they brought in dj Moore, so it's kind of like his excuses are running thin now too exactly. i don't think his receiving core is bad by any stretch really 
no, not... Dar- Darnell, Darnell Mooney's been decent this. Claypool so had an year. okay game last week. Yeah, I, was I he wish... not benched though this or he's got a touchdown last week. No, but week two was he not benched or am I? I thought that was week one. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Mm. I thought he played week one and then he did score a touchdown last week. Mm-hmm. But he was very like passive week one like. Okay. I don't know if they did bench him like throughout the um, game or not. So far this season, he's got three receptions for 36 yards and a touchdown. So it's not like he's it's too bad because he was decent for the Steelers, and then they kind of just let him go. Uh, week one, he had two targets, no catches against the Packers. Week two, he had uh, eight targets, three catches. So um, what was the other thing I was going to say? I had something else to bring up with the. I guess this was this was the other point I wanted to have. I think that Justin Fields was like a very good prospect coming out of college. And there is a chance that the Bears, their coaching staff, their everything has just ruined him. And it could happen the same thing with Caleb Williams. You never know. It could just be that that organization is a dumpster fire because his mechanics looked pretty good in his first year. And he looked mm-hmm. obviously fantastic in college. And it seems like with more time in this Bears system, with this coaching staff, he's honestly seems like he's getting worse. It seems like he's taking a big confidence hit. Yes. And I was going to say. And as a 22-year-old guy or 23, yeah. it's tough. I was going to say you guys were right about Claypool. So I seen the headlines here. It was that he could be headed to the bench last week, and then he ended up playing. So, yeah. So he he was he was good for the Steelers. He yeah. wasn't bad. And then they were just like, ah, we're getting rid of him. And I was kind of like, I would have given him another year. And then he's been bad since. But um, maybe it's just because he's Canadian. I don't know. But yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's about it for NFL. Do we? I think we skipped over the Bengals at the. At the oh, top of the list because yeah. they had they've had a rough start this season. We have we talked about it a little bit, but we haven't really gotten into it that much. I think the the biggest thing is should <laughs> are they going to start panicking after week two? Obviously, they started off zero and two last year. Give them one more week. Did they start zero and three last year? No, they lost. They started zero and two. I oh, believe okay. so. If they go zero and three, then you're panicking. Yes. I'm going to wait until after week three here before I start panicking with yes. them because they still have all the talent. Oh, and yeah. I think Taylor mentioned it. They went 0-2 to start last year. So I think there's a few things. Like you said, they started 0-2 last year, and obviously they had the big turnaround. Um, week one was a weird game against a very good defense with the Browns. Week two was just playing a very good team in the Ravens. Um, week three, though, they lose. The week excuses three are on the Rams – yeah, they they should comfortably beat the Rams. I think we've. But to be fair, we have said that about the Rams the past two we, weeks, and yeah, they always manage to no, stay in the games. I just yeah, um, I think if they they have to win this week, and yeah. this is their chance because they're playing against the one of the weak, not weaker, but like less yeah weaker weaker opponents in the other two weeks. So I think they need to do yeah. it this week for the confidence. Yes, I think this is, and I honestly could see it. I could see Joe going nuts, and then maybe it's just all been. It's just he's poor at starting out and that's mm-hmm. just what it is as of two hours ago joe burrow is day-to-day it's just that's that he has that calf injury yeah um i don't th- he's that kind of guy though that it's got to be a serious injury for him not to play yeah and does it does that hurt them though sorry terrible no yeah does ahead. that hurt them if he continues to play through this injury obviously in it'll hurt them if it ends up hurting him worse yeah but i think right now it's like get some kt tape on it and yeah go for it. <laughs> can Here's my thing is if you could restart the season week one, I don't think you would have started Joe Burrow. I, I, I don't think they should have. No. Because no. obviously you lost 
you're, you've lost the first two games regardless. You should have had extra time to rest up anyways. Mm-hmm. At the same time... Who's their backup? I was just about to say, can you name the Bengals' backup quarterback? Simeon? It is not Simeon. Oh. Tyrod... No. Can you? I was just listening to a podcast, and they were talking about it, and I do not remember his name. Um, oh, so he's very much, like, not... They might have the... Jake Browning. Never heard of him. Exactly. So... And he's also the only other quarterback on the depth chart. What? Really? So. Oh, that means like the fifty-three man roster, though. That means they probably have a practice squad guy. Yeah. Okay. So well, it's just that's tough. Yeah. How about how about this from uh, Jake Browning? Career two point eight quarterback rating. So that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Could be worse. <laughs> Could be worse. That is true. Could be zero. Yeah. So I just. I don't know, man. I think, again, if you restart the season, you're probably just letting Burrow sit on the bench and saying, if we're going to start 0-2 anyways, we're starting 0-2. Who cares? Throw Jake Browning up. I honestly just think they were confident enough that they wouldn't start 0-2. Any team's going to think that we're not going to start 0-2. Yeah. So that's the problem, right? Like, <laughs> If you start the season with Jake Browning as your starting quarterback, you're essentially like, okay, we're going to lose until Joe Burrow comes back. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But any no team wants to do that, and Joe Burrow is probably like, I'm good enough to go. Yeah. Might as well try and win. So obviously every organization would be like, if you're good enough to go and you're passed and you're cleared enough to play, then why the heck not? Yeah. Play? yeah. So it's tough with that kind of thing. And the last thing that I wanted to bring up is, and it's really a short thing, is just how perfect has this uh, start of the season worked out for the Baltimore Ravens? The AFC North looked like a fantastic division at the start of the season. And as we go deeper in, it's just slowly starting to fall apart with the Browns, Deshaun Watson, obviously the Nick Chubb injury. Yeah. They just haven't looked very good. Um, the Steelers, again, they're having their offensive troubles. And then the Bengals are off to a slow start. So it's just like... Ravens might have a easier route than easier they Easier path than we thought, yes. Um, one other thing I saw, um, actually my grandpa reminded me of it, don't know why. Um, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif retired today. Oh, really? Yeah. To continue his medical practices. Shout which is, shout out to that guy, because that's an MVP him. move. Yeah. I'm not saying that a doctor's not a great job. You're making a lot more money in the NFL. Um, it's pretty cool to see that he decided after COVID, considering he's probably one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL, um, that he just decided, I'm going to be a doctor and yeah. help out during COVID. And then he, I thought he was going to come back, completely forgot about him. And then he never came back and he decided he's going to do that. And he's only like 30. He's 32. Oh, yeah. okay. That's not he that was, young, I guess. He was an offensive guard. He's Canadian. Yep. Offensive guard, Quebec. Um, yeah, and he just he opted out of the out of the COVID season to go work in a hospital. I think it was in Quebec. Yeah, it was to yeah. help with COVID patients. And yeah, so mm-hmm. to be a professional NFL player and also have a <laughs> a doctorate That's to be a doctor is absolutely insane, absurd. Yeah. So yeah, shout um, out to him. Good for him. Yeah. Honestly, maybe it'll get quieter in the hospitals, and he'll be like, "Hey, why not go back? I don't know." Comeback season. Yeah. Who knows? But he was really good too. He was. He was, he was very, solid. Very very good. Um. I don't know. I just my grandpa texted me about that. I don't know if he's listening or not. But and I was like, ah, oh, I should probably add that in there. Where do we want to go from here? I think here? we you might as well go to, say, go to NHL. Yeah. Alrighty. Got quite a bit for NHL today, but I think a lot of it's related to the biggest news of the week, which was the whole Mike Babcock situation. And never mind the preseason, he didn't even make it through the rookie tournament without, uh, I guess, resigning. You could say, is what the he officially did. But I think it was either you're going to resign or we're going to fire you. Uh, following, So I guess I should just tell the whole story right from the start. So originally, Paul Bissonette from Spit and Chicklets last week brought it up on the show that Babcock was 
calling players into his room and was asking to look through the players' phones and then was airdropping it to the TV in the room, which... Normal stuff. I I guess I'll keep going here before I start ranting. So then Babcock, Boone Jenner, and I believe Johnny Goodrow as well all denied this and had said that the story got kind of twisted and that Babcock was just asking to see family pictures and was kind of, I guess, getting to know them, see their family, and then talk to them about kind of their life just to kind of get to know them. But then Biz completely doubled down on what he said on Twitter, or I guess X you could now call it, And this led to an NHLPA investigation, which ultimately concluded with Babcock resigning. And Elliot Friedman had said in an article that one of the meetings was away from the team facility, actually, and was looking through a phone for several minutes, which included looking at pictures and, I guess, messages as well. Babcock 100% deserves this result in him departing from the organization. I'm not sure whether, because I know how NHL coaching, my bad here. (laughs) I know how NHL coaching contracts work where basically if someone's fired, they still get paid. And then once they're hired by another team, that team takes on the contract, which I don't imagine a team doing with Mike Babcock. Considering he was coaching U Sport two years ago. Yeah. That's pretty insane that he even got a chance to be involved in the I was going to get to that. Oh, sorry. (laughs) All good. No, I completely agree with what you said, Taylor. But let's talk about the situation itself. To do that in this day and age and think that that is okay, what are you thinking? Like, Although, like, with everything that's come out recently um, about, I mean, just within the hockey world, all the Team Canada stuff, everything else, and to do this is, it's if it not appropriate at all. If it was actually what Goudreau and all of them are saying, then... Sure, but... But but uh, something more... Now, they haven't said... The NHLPA themselves haven't said exactly what they found in the investigation. They obviously found something. But I was going to say that it was something worse, and Elliot Friedman, the most trusted source in hockey, said that, like I brought up, one of the team meetings was away from the facility, involved him looking through the phone for several minutes. So there's some weight to what... Biz definitely said. So why do you think Biz? Why did Biz? Because they don't like him. They don't like Bob. They don't like him, so he just came up with this, and then they ended up... Well, it wasn't that they came up. So Biz got this text from a source from the team, supposedly. Oh, okay. That's what I was trying to figure out where yeah, this all okay. came from, that he just randomly decided... Biz, Biz just got lucky. He made something <laughs> up. Yeah. No, Biz was 100% right with what he said, I guess. Um, and and I, I will say credit to Biz as well for using this platform to prevent this and I'd like to see more of this in hockey as we've heard of a lot of scandals within recent years coming out and I'd like to see a lot more of this of people kind of standing up to I'm going to call them bullies within the hockey world and yeah I think Babcock as I mentioned 100% deserve this and what Taylor was bringing up about his coaching anyways I thought it was a bad move by Columbus I actually think Babcock's a completely overrated head coach so you look at his accomplishments, won one Stanley Cup, 2008 Detroit team. That team was stacked top to bottom. Pavel Datsu, Henrik Zetterberg, Nick Lidstrom, all future, 
Lidstrom's already in the Hall of Fame. Zetterberg should be. That's who's going to be. Like, multiple Hall of Famers on that team. And then his other big accomplishment claim to fame was the Team Canada gold medals, which in reality I could have coached those teams to those medals. So they don't mean anything to me uh, in terms of Babcock and his accomplishments. So, um, Terrell, Will, do you guys have anything else to say on this topic before we move on here? Um, I just really think that, like, obviously I don't know too much about hockey, but you think of failed coaching. uh, I was going to say that. I should have brought that up too, yeah. Yeah. I was going to put that in here. I forgot. Were you thinking about Urban Meyer or what? I was going to say is this has to be, at least to my mind, the biggest disaster of a head coaching tenure yet in the NHL. Yeah. Purely because of how quick it is. I was gonna and say. if someone's going to bring up, well, Dallas Aikens from the Edmonton Oilers or Ralph Kruger, Buffalo Sabres, there's a huge difference between not getting good results and having something like personal issues like this come out or scandals like this, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. There's a huge difference between the two. So therefore, Babcock to me, this, at least to my mind, I'd have to really do some research into this. It's probably the biggest disaster of a head coaching tenure we've seen in the NHL. So he was hired. Was he? Hi- he was hired in the off season. Yeah, and fired in the off season. Yeah. So he didn't coach a game. It's just he yeah. didn't coach a practice. So <laughs> that yeah, I mean that should just show you how big of a disaster it was. I uh, guess we'll move on here. Unless Will, do you got anything final thoughts on that? No, you guys got it covered. Alrighty, the Boston Bruins introduced new jerseys to mark their centennial of the team. I don't hate them. They're decent. They're very old school. Got the old school Boston logo. I, I do prefer, I guess, the new school version of that logo. I think it to me it just looks more fierce, more tough, which is kind of the Bruins' identity, always has been. Steven Stamkos came out the other day, said he's disappointed that the Lightning have not given him a new contract offer yet in the offseason. Stamkos' deal expires at the end of this season and I definitely think it's something to watch out for especially Stamkos who has always been kind of a model citizen within the NHL and it's kind of rare to see I guess any hockey player criticize the organization that they're still playing for and especially Stamkos who's had a lot of success in Tampa Bay so I definitely think it's a storyline to watch out for as the season goes on where Stamkos ends up after this year. Uh, Two new captains in the Central Division, which I'm about to preview. Adam Lowry named the Winnipeg captain this week. And Braden Shen named the St. Louis captain. Shen, I think, was a no-brainer for the Blues. Veteran, good player still there as well. And Adam Lowry for Winnipeg, kind of more your tough captain, a guy that will stand up for his teammates, it appears. So I don't hate that pick for Winnipeg at all. I think the top choice for a lot of fans would have probably been Josh Morrissey. But I think Adam Lowry leads by example. Going to be a good guy there for the Jets as well. Alrighty, so as we get set here for the Central Division, going to go over the standings. And then, so yeah, going to go over the Central Division standings. At the end of it, I'll kind of get into each team. So for the Central Division, at number one, I have the Dallas Stars. I actually have them going to the Stanley Cup Finals this year. Really like that team all around. And they've got a superstar in defense forward in goal. So I think the Stars finish first in that division. At two, I've got the Minnesota Wild. 
three got the Colorado Avalanche, and then four here got the Winnipeg Jets, and I don't have the Jets making the wild card. I have Calgary kind of edging them, and the team I have at fifth here, Nashville, out for that final wild card spot. Six, I have the St. Louis Blues. Seventh, I have the Arizona Coyotes, debated putting them ahead of the Blues, and I'll get into why after. And then eighth, I have the Chicago Blackhawks, and ultimately I have them winning the draft lottery this year and drafting Macklin Celebrini, who many people think will go first overall. So I guess to get more in-depth here, Dallas, as I mentioned, I have them going to the finals this year. They're a very complete team. They've got a superstar at forward in Jason Robertson, and on defense, Miro Heiskanen. And I think Jake Ottinger in goal, he has been a superstar in the past, specifically the 2022 playoffs against the Flames. He can be, I think, a top goalie in the NHL if he's not already. So I really like Dallas. I have them going to the finals. I'll reveal my cup pick on two weeks from now when we preview the Atlantic division. And I, I, the one criticism I maybe have for Dallas is I think maybe they could add another defender. I don't really care for their blue line overall. So I could see them adding another top four defender. Minnesota still has $14 million in dead cap hovering over them, which prevents them from being better and being on the level of Dallas, I think. Like, I think once those contracts from Parisian Suter, the buyouts, once they're done paying off those, I think they're really going to be a top team in the NHL. And I really think Kaprizov and Gustafson, they're going to have big years again. Matt Boldy, I think, is going to be even better, put up close to point per game for the Wild. Third, got the Avalanche. They're just getting weaker, I think. They're not what they used to be. Their forward depth is very weak from lines two to four. Of course, that top line filled with superstars got Miko Rantanen and McKinnon. And then I put down here as well the addition of Jonathan Duran. Taylor, you're probably familiar with him in the Habs uniform. Not really, because he never played. <laughs> well, he was a line mate of Nathan McKinnon's in junior. That's so true. I, think maybe... I bet you he's going to have a 30-goal season, because that's what happens to every single Canadian player. <laughs> I was going to say that I, I see the possibility of 30 goals. I think maybe I should temper my expectations based on, as you said, hasn't played much uh, for Montreal. So I think temper the expectations for Duran, but I think he does have of a resurgence this year next to McKinnon and of course Colorado's defense they're still probably top three defense in the NHL they're very good back there and then so we mentioned the Jets and the Predators who I don't see either of them making the playoffs however I wouldn't be surprised if Winnipeg does make the playoffs they still have a very good forward group and there's an argument to be made that they're even better than last year's team but there's just a lot of questions with their roster whether Connor Hellebuck will stay there he was involved in trade rumors in the offseason. I think it would be in the best interest of the Jets to trade him while they can still get something for him. He's in a contract year. And there's questions around Mark Shifley as well, who I think could be traded. So ultimately, I just think there's too many questions around that team. I think there's going to be a lot of distractions kind of off the ice. I just don't see them making the playoffs this year. Nashville, Soros and Yossi might carry them to the playoffs. But I just think the team overall is very weak, at, especially at forward. Of course, I, th I do think that they have a couple of underrated guys in Tommy Novak, Luke Evangelista, who played pretty well down the stretch for the Predators last season. And 
made a push for the playoffs. And, of course, they added Ryan O'Reilly as well on a cheap contract. But their forward group overall is just too weak, I think, to make the playoffs this year. The Blues, I'm going to be honest, they're worse than I thought they were. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think they'd make the playoffs this year. But, man, I was looking at their roster last night, and they, they're weak with the exception of the first line and then Braden Shen, of course. But the rest of the roster is just, man, they've got a wash defense, I will say. A lot of guys whose best years are behind them. Justin Falk, Tori Krug, Colton Pareko. And Bennington hasn't been great in goal these past couple seasons. Arizona's starting to come out of a rebuild. Wouldn't be surprised if they're actually better than the Blues. And I think the team will be exciting to watch. But I just don't think the defense is good enough for them to make the playoffs or I guess kind of climb the standings and get in the hunt. I do expect Logan Cooley to have a big rookie year for them. And I do like a couple of other guys at forward there, young guys, Matias Michelli and Dylan Gunther. And then lastly here, we have the Chicago Bedards. Sorry, I meant Blackhawks. <laughs> they will finish last in the league, I do believe, and I believe they will draft Macklin Celebrini um, if they do win the draft lottery, although I'm not as familiar with the draft. So Truman, who was supposed to be on the show today, unfortunately it is what he is, couldn't make it. He has different opinion on who should go first overall, so I'm sure we'll have that discussion at some point this year. Well, unfortunately, he's not here to say, so you are correct, and he is wrong. <laughs> he can't defend his points. So. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about, and maybe Taylor or Terrell, if you guys want to jump in here too, you can, the expectations for Connor Bedard for this season and I guess his career. I think this season, I expect him kind of between 60 and 70 point mark. I think that's a fair expectation, kind of similar to the Matthews rookie year, which was huge at the time. But I think Bedard's a better player than Matthews was entering the NHL. But the difference between the two was that Matthews had a lot of guys around him, whereas Connor Bedard's kind of the only guy. I mean, they've got Taylor Hall, I guess, but he hasn't been great uh, since his Hart Trophy year, really. So, but maybe he can have a resurgence with Connor Bedard be a mentor for him. So it could be a good pairing there as well. But I was also going to head down the road of Matthews and the difference between him and Bedard. And I guess McDavid as well was it took McDavid two seasons to make the playoffs, took Matthews one. And a huge reason for that was that those two were kind of, I guess, final pieces on the team becoming a playoff team, whereas Bedard's the starting piece. So I think it's going to take three to four years for Chicago reasonably to make the playoffs. But if we're looking at the career projection for Bedard, I think at his peak, he has to be McKinnon or Matthews. And that's huge expectations, I know. But to be fair, I'm not the one putting the expectations on him. I would argue that it's a lot of media hype, which is very deserved especially with the World Juniors he had. I mean, the World Junior stats themselves speak for themselves, and you could project his career to be huge following that tournament, but also his junior career was insane. Like, there was more hype around Connor Bedard during the 2022 draft than there was around Uri Slavkovsky and Shane Wright, which is pretty insane to think about. So, yeah, I kind of mentioned, I think at the very least, at his peak, Connor Bedard has to be Nathan McKinnon or Austin Matthews, the second best player in the league. I don't expect him to be McDavid because re really here, McDavid, 
He's the best player I think that we've ever seen. And I think it's reasonable to expect, just because of the hype around Connor Bedard, I think he has to win multiple hearts and at least one Stanley Cup within his career. Taylor, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the career projection for Bedard. You kind of hit it on the head, really. Like, he has to be... He has to be successful because if he isn't, it's the biggest flop in hockey for sure of all time. And it would be up there. Might be of like like even like people like Nail Yakupov were not that big. No. So it's kind of like I don't know. He has to, he has to do well. Whether it's going to be the Blackhawks or not is the other thing. I have a feeling like in four three or four years, if it's not working out, maybe he That's... might leave. And, and I should provide a disclaimer here as well. If he battles any injuries, that's true. Will will uh, then I think it's fair to hold back a lot of criticism. We've seen kind of guys in the past who had promising careers get destroyed by injuries, such mm-hmm. as I think Nolan Patrick's the big one in recent memory. But yeah, I certainly think that those projections are definitely fair for Bedard. And I mean, you kind of think of the average first overall pick. It's probably, I would say, a John Tavares. Maybe if you want to go a bit, temper the expectations, maybe a Nugent Hopkins. But I think if you're... That would be at his worst, though, I think. Yeah. But, like, if you when you draft first overall, I'd say you expect a player, say, of John Tavares' caliber. Oh, yeah. I'd say if Bedard is even... If he's Tavares, you're almost looking at it as close to a disappointment. Like, mm-hmm. still very good player. Don't get me wrong. But for what the hype around Bedard was, you expect a lot more than that, I mm-hmm. think. So I think we'll move on to the MLB. Take it away, Terrell. Oh, I have one, we have one oh. more thing about hockey. Oh, we'll just talk yes. About it. Uh, breaking as of like five minutes ago, the Senators just sold for $950 million. Pocket oh. change. Wow, okay. Is Ryan Reynolds in that group? Did it say anything oh, about I that? I, so... I will say I did see that headline come up earlier in the show. Forgot. Now I'm getting the echo again like we got last week. Hold on. Just turn your turn your mic off and turn it back on. Does Hello? that work? Not really. No, it didn't work at all. Well, whatever. I'm pressing okay. buttons in here. I'll, uh, I'll keep going here on the Sanders train. So yeah. by the name that I seen, it looks like the guy who was rumored to buy them earlier in the summer. And... Excuse me. I don't think that Ryan Reynolds or Snoop Dogg or any of the famous celebrities that were rumored in the Sens ownership group possibly. I don't think any of them are involved in this sale. So, unfortunately, Sens fans, you guys don't get an exciting owner. You just get (laughs) the normal guy that (laughs) everyone else kind of gets, I guess. So, yeah, that's about it for the NHL. Let's go on to MLB. Yeah, that was, that was it, I think. Yes, sir. Um, the Obviously, the biggest news in the MLB is I was pretty down on the Blue Jays going into last week. Uh, obviously, at the show, they were partway through a losing series against the Rangers where they ended up getting swept. Um, so I just have their playoff odds here because I thought it was pretty funny, the jumps that they've made in the past couple weeks. Um, so <laughs> their playoff odds... Pre the Ranger series were seventy nine point three percent. Obviously, that's the percent chance that they are going to make the playoffs. They got swept. Their odds dropped down to thirty one or thirty three point one percent. They went on to sweep the Boston Red Sox. 
and uh, and now they've won two games against the Yankees, and now their playoff uh, percentage is up to 84.1%. So in the duration of about a week, um, we <laughs> we've seen them go from 79 to 33, back up to 84.1. Um, and obviously that's been in the Yankee series so far. They've had fantastic pitching. Kevin Gosman looked wonderful yesterday, uh, and they've had you know some clutch hitting as well, which has kind of been the point in the in the team that uh, has held them back to this point. I was going to say I believe I seen a graphic last night during the Jays game that said Gosman is fourth or fifth in terms of single season strikeouts for the Jays all time. Yes, um, he has been. He's been fantastic for them. He just set his career high in strikeouts, and he's been setting it every year since he came into the league. He's been setting it higher and higher. Um, so, yeah, he's, like, number one ace guy. Obviously, we knew that last year that he would be that good. Um, and he's just continued to be fantastic all throughout this season. And uh, once, you know, the Blue Jays get any amount of run support, really, the starting pitching can hold up enough to uh, close out games, and their bullpen is good enough to finish everything off. So really the only issue that they've had has been the offense, and assuming they can you know, even put up a few runs a game, they've put up, I think, seven two nights ago and six last night, or maybe reversed. Um, regardless, they've looked uh, much better, obviously because they were getting spanked by the Rangers just a week ago, but uh, big improvements this week. And, I mean, I'm still, I'm still not really sure about how the uh, wild card series will go for them because as it sits right now, um, they would be matching up against the Tampa Bay Rays, and that's not a favorable matchup, I don't think. Just, And it's kind of unfair just the way that the divisions work because <laughs> it's just a tough matchup with how bad the or how good the AL East is. Yeah, uh, Orioles would obviously have – I think they have the best record in the American League right now, so they would have that uh, – they wouldn't have to play in the wild card. And it's just regardless of really how um, – the Jays finish they're going to have a tough matchup in that wild card game and the Rays are probably the worst uh you can get in the wild card round right now so I'm not really sure what my expectations are for the Blue Jays assuming that is the matchup they get in the playoffs and assuming they do make it um but I think if they're playing like they're playing right now where the pitching is fantastic their offense is just good enough to kind of get them by I think this team can make some noise in the playoffs but I just don't want to put too much I don't want to get my heart in it because I don't know how much I trust this team to be honest with you yeah um but you know they've been fun to watch recently and that's really all you can ask for them so hopefully uh they continue strong going into the postseason and kind of get a uh have a good have some good momentum going into the going into the wild card round the uh the other thing that's funny is the top three teams in the American League right now are uh Baltimore Tampa Bay and Toronto so three American League East teams all at the top of the American League and two of them have to play in the wild card round anyways and we'll have it's just it, the MLB playoff system is kind of weird I don't really like it that much but it is what it is and I think that's kind of it obviously uh, there's been some eliminations uh, unfortunately as much as it pains me to say the New York Yankees have officially been eliminated <laughs> from postseason contention you hate to see it, folks. The New York Yankees. This was supposed to be their year. I mean, every year's the year, but I guess this year really just especially was not. Um, yeah, I mean, again, Truman's not here to defend his team, although even if he was, 
I don't know how much defending he would do. I think he's probably just about as disappointed as you could be in a baseball team. So the Yankees, they just kind of, they kind of stink. I don't know what else to say. Um, disappointing season from them, and best of luck next year, I suppose. Do we want to? We can talk some basketball quickly. We just haven't really. College football has been kind of going. That is another thing. We didn't talk about it. Um, Yeah, I I think it's just the one team that's really taken over the storm of college Mm -hmm. football Mm -hmm. right now is uh, good old the Sanders family and uh, Boulder, Colorado. Um, That game against Colorado State, I did watch it. That's the most I've ever paid attention to college football. Very in, very is, good game. Is well not well the game itself I was kind of following along with, but mm-hmm. just I guess the fact like the whole Colorado team with Deion Sanders to me has been very exciting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean they are twenty-two point underdogs going into this week. I can't remember who they're playing. Someone good, um, but they're like the lowest of lows on the underdog side. Is it um, Oregon? It is Oregon, who looks good this year, actually. Um, and they got, like, Bo Nix still, who's, like, 35, and he's still in college. But, um, yeah, so they're supposed to be a huge underdog. Colorado State gave them, a, gave them a run for their money, and they're an unranked team that should have no business even running them for their money. Travis Hunter did get injured with that cheap shot. Yes. And there was a bunch of bad stuff going on with that safety that hit him after the game. Um, he was getting, like, bad stuff happening to him and his family on the phone. I won't go into it too much. You guys can kind of figure it out. Um, Stop sending death threats to players. Yeah, it's that's not basically that deep. What, yeah, that's basically what I was trying to say, but here Clayton, on Clayton's just going to use the explicit word. Stop doing that. Here on the Armchair Athletes, we are vehemently against sending death threats to athletes and their families. You can quote us on there. I was trying to be censored, but I guess it doesn't matter. Um, So, yeah, death threats were were thrown upon him. Of course, it was a cheap shot. We all saw it happen. It was bad. But does he deserve that? He's probably an 18 or 19-year-old kid, which makes me feel like a terrible human being because I am not playing college football. But... I was yeah. going to say as well, it's the emotions of a game. Yeah, there's things, obviously emotions. Obviously things get things. taken over the line. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, we, I, yeah. I mean, the reason that it's worse is also because he got injured. Like, he's out yeah. for like the next three weeks. If he yeah. wasn't injured and it was just a cheap shot, they would have all passed along. But because they're the biggest show in College arguably sports right now. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, they have to be the top story. Like, arguably sport in sport, like, honestly, like, even watching the NFL on Sunday, they were t- all talking about that team. Yeah. Colorado so, and Puka Nakua. Yeah. They yeah. talked about. Even, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it's like, Colorado football right now is on the map. And yeah. I, I have to credit Deion Sanders because he came in with a team that was a barn fire. They were 1-13 in 13 or something the year before. Everybody got exiled from the team that weren't up to the snuff they made like 75 transfers in the transfer portal and um i saw a tiktok actually of there's like four guys left from the team before and they're all like so happy that they didn't get kicked Mm -hmm. off the team um but they they look okay they didn't look great against colorado state though um i was like ooh, they didn't look great compared to against like nebraska i think they played and i can't remember who else they played tcu tcu who was yeah exactly reigning national finalist so, 
it'll be interesting to see how they do against Oregon. I don't see it being a great game for them, especially with Travis Hunter being out. That's both sides of the ball being affected. Although um, Shiloh, I think his name is Shadur. No, uh, the other one. Oh. I think Shiloh is correct, the cornerback. Yeah, the one yes. that took it to the house looking like his dad. He's quite good as well. Um, so he's going to be the number one guy on defense now. Um, but it'll be interesting. They do have a very good receiving core. They're, all their receivers have over 200 yards receiving already in three games, which is quite insane because that's like four guys. And the, their tight end, who's a f- redshirt freshman, I want to say, came in and scored the tying touchdown and the winning touchdown and the winning two-point convert. That is, is I was going to say, I have seen clips of that tight end, and he looks pretty legit. Yeah, he, he looks good. So good for that guy. Um, I want to say he's a redshirt freshman, maybe a sophomore. Um, so, again, 18 years old makes me feel really good about myself. But, um, yeah, that was just one thing I kind of wanted to bring up. Um, one of the other things I kind of forgot to talk about with the MLB is Stephen A. Smith's kind of been getting r- dragged over the coals recently. Uh, he's made some, I'd say, I'll say stupid comments about MLB, specifically Shohei Otani. Um, you will not find those comments about the MLB on the armchair athletes. <laughs> no, you can quote me. I think that's Stephen A. Smith. He said that uh, Shohei no, Otani. No, what I meant was like I was trying to promote us. Like, oh, you true. should listen to the armchair athletes instead of. Listen, you're, exa- <laughs> you're exactly correct. We will, we, we will never say anything that is incorrect or that you will deem stupid on this show. But <laughs> Stephen A. Smith, on the other hand, Saying, he said, I think it was earlier in the year, said that Shohei Otani can't be the face of the MLB because he doesn't speak English. That was one of his quotes. Which is just a brutal one. Bad (laughs) stuff. And then he said that he doesn't deserve a $500 million contract because he has not led to the Angels winning. I've seen the one recently about I mean, there's, as much as it's still a ridiculous comment, there's a little bit more truth in the second comment than there is in the first comment. When you start, when you're starting like below, like the bars and like the bottom of the ocean and then you're like... Edge, it know? is true, though. It is a bit tough that they've never done really anything, and they've had the two best players. That is 0% on Shohei Otani, though. No, that's true, but it's still it's on the team. Yeah. And yeah. Then, no, it's not really on him, I guess. I did see the quote the other day that the reason why they don't talk about it on first take. Did you see that one? I didn't see it, no. Oh, so I believe it was from Stephen A's own show, and yeah, he kind of talked about why they don't talk about baseball on first take. And he said it's because people don't care when they talk yes. about baseball. Okay, now I do know what you're talking about. Yep. It's just, you know, honestly, like, yeah. There might be a lot of people that think that that's not what, that the, a lot of the audience might just not, that's not what they care about yeah. on that show. But then don't talk about it at all. Yeah. As opposed to having bad takes yeah. like every yeah. few months. Yeah. And it's just saying that he can't be the face of MLB. And we talked about it last week, how much marketing comes with him as a player because he's so generational and he has so it's many not fans even in Japan. based on him being a baseball player no he can and it's it's just he's such a fantastic player and he's so talented that saying he can't be the face of baseball is just such an absurd statement to have he could never speak he could speak no languages and he'd probably be the face of baseball to be completely honest with you mm. and then to say that he doesn't deserve 500 million dollars because the angels aren't winning and he said that they don't get butts and seats. That was the other quote he had. But if Shohei Otani was not on that team, I don't know if anyone would go to any Angels games because their whole team outside of Shohei and Mike Trout was terrible this year, and they blew it on the trade deadline, trading for players and then DFAing them like a few months later. Their organization's just horrific. So if they did not have Shohei Otani on that team, I don't 
they're just a dumpster fire with him, so I don't even want to know what it would be like when they don't have him. Yeah. So Stephen A. Smith, just horrible, horrible comments. Like, I get if you don't want to talk about baseball, if you don't think it's important, like, fair enough. Lots of people think that. But then just don't say anything at all, and then you won't look like an idiot. And that's really all it takes. Mm. Um, Do we have anything basketball related at all? There, not it's not just really. a lot of it's just a lot of off season <laughs> stuff. Not really. <laughs> there isn't like a lot of. There hasn't been things. enough exciting things for me this off season we can, yet. We so can okay talk if we about go back to NHL. I yeah, guess. go ahead. So I just forgot to bring up someone talking about Chicago. I guess so. Um, was going to talk about another young player on that team, Kevin Korchinski. That he's kind, him and Bedard are kind of the only two players on that team I'm excited to watch this year. He was seventh overall pick in last year's draft, so and played for the Seattle Thunderbirds, who ended up winning the WHL championship this past spring. So yeah, I guess him and Bedard are kind of the two reasons to watch the Blackhawks this year. Where do we want to go? Do we want to um, do one of our... Speaking of Stephen A. Smith, he just threw out the first pitch of the Yankees game, and it went about halfway. So we know he doesn't like to talk about baseball, and he's not very good at it either. So. I was going to say, do we want to do one of these discussions at the end that we've kind of had for a long time? We, we could. I also some of kinda, these might be like a 20-minute call. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what yeah. I was thinking. Is I wanted to just go over some of like the uh, contracts and trades that happened in the NBA because we haven't had a chance to talk no, about them yet. True. Yeah. And I think probably the biggest off or biggest offseason from any team was the Los Angeles Lakers. Here, they just retained so many key players to their team and brought in a few new guys as well. But I think the biggest one for them is uh, keeping Anthony Davis and Rui Hachimura because they were just such big pieces on that defense in the playoffs, and that's really what they need. How long do they resign Davis for? Uh, three year extension. That would have been about as much as I would have given him. I think. Yeah. Which is good, honestly. I um, wouldn't have stretched it any more than that. Yeah. So there just there was some interesting stuff there. Uh, obviously, the biggest deal of the offseason was Bradley Beal going to the Phoenix Suns. And I think this is probably a discussion that would take, oh, again, a lot longer, is just will that um, team build finally work with, you know, they kind of have their big names, their big stars out there, and then once you hit the bench, they don't have a lot of depth whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um and then I'd say there weren't really that many uh, interesting deals that happened. Obviously, Chris Paul went to Golden State, which if it was four or five years ago, that's the deal of the century. Although right he's still very good. He is oh, he's pretty good. He's just complete liability on defense, just like a pylon on and defense. And I'm confused yeah. about the fit. Like, the Warriors yeah. are a He's fast. a pass for, very fast pass-first guy, though, which I think will benefit them a lot. And Curry is one of the best off-ball movement guys on offense, I think, in NBA history. Yeah, I think Curry will be moved to the t- officially to the two. And then Clay Thompson's kind of just a corner demon. Sit in the corner, cut to the basket the odd time, I hit think some threes. They just they got rid of Jordan Poole because I just don't think he was doing what they wanted. And I think Which is surprising. I think they harshly did that. I think he's a very good player, and he had a very good couple seasons with Golden I State. I think he will fit better on the Wizards than he would on Golden State just because he's going to chuck up shots and oh, get his that buckets. that team is going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the and Warriors it's just, are working out uh, Dwight Howard, though. So if you're waking up from a coma uh, that you've been in since oh, 2009. True. Chris Paul and Dwight Howard pumped. going to the Warriors? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But man. I would love to be Dwight Howard in that situation. All I'm doing is catching rebounds from three points. 100%. Well, it's like his role in the Lakers when they won the championship. Yeah, minus the Lakers are, were one of the worst three-point shooting teams I think I've ever seen in my entire life. But Whereas you're going from worst to best. Basically, you're just positioning yourself under the hoop and just has scooping it, up rebounds. He's looked solid in China, has he not? 
He was, he was his like first game like, was one of the best stat lines I've ever seen in a sport yeah. sporting event ever. He was like prime Wilt numbers out there. It was like 35 rebounds, 20 assists, yeah. like 50 points. So, listen, if you, all I'm saying is if he can Half keep that and he, No, if he can keep that production up when he comes to Golden State, listen, we got a Another championship coming to the Bay, folks. Yeah. Get this guy a max contract. Honestly, <laughs> give that guy one quarter of that production, and he's very good still. He'll be. I don't. <laughs> I would say even that's probably a stretch. I'd say if he puts up five rebounds a game off the bench, you're probably like, hey, good job, Dwight. Hundred percent. Congratulations. They're not paying him anything, so it's not really a risk. Well, they also haven't signed him yet. But. I honestly think Kevon Looney's not great, so. Um, I like Kevon Looney. Yeah. He's, gonna, he's very much a role player. I think they could have done better. I, th- I wish that exact role. I, was I, I wish someone like Demarcus Cousins had a better stint there because I think he would have been the guy. Um, I mean, Kevin Lo- Kevon Looney is boring, but I mean, I guess you're right. He does his job, but it would be kind of interesting to see with a, a stud center how much better that team would be too. Well, but, I think that was supposed to be James Wiseman, but that's another one they let off. Really quick, I was surprised. He got the ACL injury, and I was kind of like, okay, give him a chance. He played in like 10 games. They, and they traded just... him for nothing, too, if I recall. Like, uh, I can't remember. Hardly anything. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal, him no. going to Detroit. Any, anyway, I was kind of surprised to let him go that quick, considering. But What do you guys expect of Victor Wembanyama this year? Kind of, I guess. I was going uh, to bring him up with the Bedard yeah. discussions. I, I was going to say that, too. Like, he is in very much the same situation as Bedard is. Yeah. We have two of, like, the biggest sporting or NBA and NHL prospects, prospects we've had since the early 2000s, probably. And with Caleb Williams, we're kind of getting that same thing yep. again going. Well, I think out of the three of those prospects, Wemby I think Wemby is, is in the best position. He's yeah. with the Spurs. who Best coaching, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Greg Popovich, who obviously brought up David Ro- – well, didn't bring up David Robinson, but brought up Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan saw yeah. throughout his prime, which is terrific. Top I think 10. you're absolutely correct that it's probably the best situation that Wemby could have been in out of those top teams that mm-hmm. were like able to get him. Um, and what do you expect from him? It's honestly, I think it's got to be close to like the LeBron level of hype that we had when he was a prospect. Obviously, oh, wow. it is. Okay. It's it's it like is. it's that level. But I, I would say like LeBron. I would say Zion's up there. Zion was yeah. But I, I think Wemby's probably even higher than Zion. I would was. he say he's almost kind of in the middle between those two. Yeah. Guys. LeBron was like generational, and I think he. It's going to be hard to try and predict how good he'll be right away just because you never know with the how good the Spurs are going to be. But I think at the very least, defensively, he's going to be, like, just fantastic out there. Just There's also people that could end up being just as good at him and not better. Chet Holmgren. We haven't seen him play yet. Yeah, I'm very excited sim- to see Chet. Very yeah. similar kind of player. Again, my worry with ben- Wen Minyama is he's going to get bullied a lot. But you, you worry about that with players like who's he going to get bullied by? Joel Embiid. Who Joel doesn't get bullied Embiid. by Joel Embiid? Who doesn't get uh, bullied by Giannis? Fair enough. I could see Andre Drummond giving him work. Not e- not even because Andre Drummond is not as talented at all. Like I'm not saying that. He's a I'm big saying boy. purely on weight. Yeah. yeah. And he's a perennial rebounder. However, Andre Drummond is one of the best rebounders of all time, we, no matter what. You've seen we there was a clip from the preseason or I think summer league where he was getting bodied. He did get bodied, but he's long enough he can just stick his arms up. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to say that he's not going to be good yeah. I, that at all. I just think there's going to be moments where his his slight frame might hinder him a little bit. Yeah, and it'll probably it'll get clipped and put on Twitter, and he'll say, oh, Wemby's, that's, Wemby's that's what I'm bum. worried about. Yeah. I'm worried about him getting bullied by the media and yeah. fans I still think he's going to be a very, very good player, and I, I'm not trying to discount him in any way. Yeah. I just think 
it's interesting what's going to happen with those type of players because he is playing center. Mm-hmm. He's playing with a, there's a lot of big dudes in the NBA that are a lot like Jokic could could work that guy. Oh, I think. Jokic, I think Jokic, I think him. I think Jokic wins nine <laughs> out of ten matchups. But again, who defense. doesn't Jokic beat? Yeah, yeah, but he's a generational talent. He's supposed to be as good as LeBron. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. The thing is, I think Wemby limits teams from going small ball. Yes. on them because yeah. he's so mobile and, and long. he can't he can guard people out on the perimeter, and he's good enough to stay down in the paint as yeah. well. Exactly. So it's, it's just, just it's just a I being devil's advocate here. It's fair enough. He's just yeah, you're right. He's such a versatile defender that regardless of what his offensive ceiling is, even in his rookie year, I think he'll be a fantastic defender. I yeah, I don't think a lot of teams look. I don't think a lot of scouts looked as much as his offensive game as his defensive game. I don't think so. And I think the big thing, because what you see from Wemby when you just, if you're looking at highlights of him specifically, is you see like the weirdo dribbles from the guy that's seven foot six and he's going between the legs into a step back three. And I just don't think that's what you're going to see from him in the NBA because I don't think that's a sustainable thing for him. And not with Co- Coach Popovich no. at the helm either. He's going to be very much regimented. I think. I think Hopefully he stays in like the low post and kind of just uses his length to his advantage and you know he's good enough he, to hit. He will be able to spread of the floor. I think. Yes. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't think you're going to see the crazy highlights that you oh, saw man. when he was playing in Europe. I mean, maybe someday, Eventually. but um, eventually, who knows? Maybe Pop will say, you know, hey, listen, whatever, man, kid. go for it. Go nuts. I'm, who like, cares? I'm like 80. I've done all I've needed to do. Yeah. So you do what you want to do. He's a rookie, though. I do think we should maintain our expectations. As much of a oh yeah highly touted prospect, especially as he the, is. the situation he's going into, the the talent he has around him is not great. Um, so there's there are a lot of pieces that Coach Popovich has got to work with. But like I don't think their season is going to be that much better. But I hope that he individually has at least a half decent season. I think starting off, you're probably looking as like a pretty reasonable expectation of him to be like an all defensive team type guy. Maybe not I think he's a double team. double guy. Maybe not first team, but within those three tiers of all defensive guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's what it is, then I think he's off to a great start, regardless of what his offensive numbers are. And you hope you can develop him. I like I that. think he wins rookie defensive player of the year. Yep. I don't see many other guys that got drafted this year that are going to do that. Um, I think he's a ten and ten guy to start his career. Um, I think his ceiling could be a Jokic if he works on his playmaking. I don't know if he has the playmaking that Jokic has. Again, you also have to realize he's like 19. Did you see the video of him stretching? Yeah, that's gross. That's crazy. That's impressive. It's impressive, but it's also kind it's of off gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the picture of Manute Bull swimming? <laughs> yeah, I have seen same that. Same vibes. Yeah, yeah, same vibes. Um, I don't know. I just think ceiling, if he can work on his playmaking, he can do it. Okay. He'll be, yeah, he'll be like... If if the hype if he lives up to the hype he's going to be like up there in the top tier of players all. Uh, he's a perennial double double guy. Obviously, there's not going to be a Will Chamberlain ever again because it's not the same 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 type of sport. There's no yeah. going to be someone that averages thirty points and twenty five rebounds. Not until they let me in the league. That's true, <laughs> Terrell. Terrell, the perennial rebounding king. It's true. It's true. Yeah. They just they don't want to let me in because I'll show everybody up and it'll look bad. Yeah, they're like ah. We don't want to lose all the tickets from all the other teams' games because everybody's going to want to see him. Well, folks, uh, if you've stuck with us through this, uh, you know, thank you, everybody, for listening. Like we said at the start of the show, you can find us on TikTok, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, Instagram, at the Armchair Athletes. I changed the TikTok at as well. It's now at Armchair Athletes instead of at the Armchair Athlete. There you go. Yeah, it didn't let me put the whole thing in there. 
which was it's just annoying. no no the but just armchair, armchair athletes. athletes that's fine and then twitter is chair athletes didn't have nearly enough characters for that one or sorry x <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry elon spotify and apple podcast spotify, apple podcast the that's the biggest athletes. one I think. that's yes. that's huge so soon if to we're gonna try and Amazon. get it on those platforms right after the show here yeah i'm gonna go do some editing and then i think we're also being uploaded as a podcast cmru.ca as well so y'all have no excuse to not miss an episode yes if if you listen and you know someone else wants to listen and they can't be here live let them know that they can tune in on spotify or apple Podcasts, wherever else we find it cmru.ca um yeah again thank you everybody for listening and rate us five stars on both yes rate us five stars as well thank you very much